Hello, and welcome to the Consider Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Eric King, and along with my co-host, Mino Pachan, we're here to talk about all things mental health. Let's get into it. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Consider Mind podcast, episode number 11. Last week, we spoke about dealing with sickness and how physical health can play a role to your mental health. So check that out. I share a pretty deep story of my real life situation. Uh, so if you missed that, so go ahead and go get uh, go get check uh, check that out. And this week we'll be talking about how employment and career issues that deal with mental health and how that affects your day to day job when you're trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And again, what what that what your job really does do to your mental health as well. Um, you know. That's that's kind of some of the main stressors we talk about stress a lot, in, and it's uh, linked to you know illness in the body. And one of the main stressors that people have is you know work. You know is their is their job is their nine to five or you know whatever they do. And we've seen a lot of changes happen to work. You know along with everything else in the pandemic, uh, definitely you know work has changed. You know the remote the remote work you know has changed the game. Um, so you know yeah we're going to be touching on that today. You know nothing. Uh, quite as heavy, you know, as last episode or uh, kind of ones before that. But um, I think I think the job, the career, the work thing is such a big, you know, it was made to be such a big part of our life, like growing up to, you know, anticipate that and to, you know, as, as part of being an adult and being defined by our work. Um, but I think, man, I think it did a little bit of damage, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I definitely. We lied. Nowadays, a lot of people, they're working too much. I mean, you can look up the stats that you can find out on Google and everything. Like you can find out the stats that you see on Google and everything. On average, we spend about a total of ninety thousand hours of our life working. Okay, that's a, that's lot a lot big hours. chunk. Mm-hmm. You pretty much look at it as you get older. You're spending most of your time resting when you can and working when you can. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's it's gonna affect your mental big time. You're sp- not seeing your family, you're not mm-hmm. seeing your loved ones, you're not doing the things that you want to do. There you go. Depends you know, on not the having, job. Yeah. And you're not having enough time to do the things that brings you joy in life. Mm-hmm. Instead, you worry about deadlines at work, projects, mm-hmm. depending on other people, quotas, traffic, quotas, yeah, quotas, goals, <laughs> everything like that, and you're stressed. And by the time you get home, you just barely have enough time to cook. Mm. You eat and you sleep, and you repeat it for five days out of the week. Some some people seven days out of the week. Yeah, there's some people that literally do work seven days a week. Especially again with the gig economy, you can always be doing something. Uh, somebody you can always be you know Ubering or Door Dashing, and, and that is you know cool little way to make money, man. I've done it, but um, no, it's you don't give your you know you don't think about your rest. You know what we're really doing to our body, burning the candle at both ends, as my mom would say. And, um, you know, we're not really stopping to rest um, as much as we should. And I think there's, to what you said, if it's, it's especially if it's, like, just a job, something that you have to do, something you're stressed out about, um, and it's not like a calling, it's not like a, something that you really want to be doing, like a vocation, you know, that's kind of the difference, like that long-term career, it's a calling, something, you know, your life's purpose that's involved in that. Um, we spoke in a previous episode about, you know, music, you know, somebody that kind of abandoned a music career, you know, that, which is literally a life, you know, that was her really passion. That's what she would have been, was called to do. And 
you know, trading that in for a job, you know. So yeah, man, that 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 conflict, that conflict of internal interest when you're not really doing what you think you're supposed to be doing anyway, you know. And man, it plays a big role in how you feel, your overall mood. You're not gonna be as happy going to work. Your production is not gonna be there because you don't want to be there. You know, mm -hmm. your mood, and then next thing you know, you're sitting there contemplating about your life that you're not happy that you wish you could be doing something else but you can't you're stuck mm -hmm. in the rut next thing you know your attitude goes down your mood goes down you start getting stressed out anxiety starts kicking in because you don't know what to do with your life mm -hmm. and you're stuck at a dead-end job at least that's what you're telling yourself and the, the negative thought starts rolling and mm -hmm. it just snowballs man and it, it's happened to me be I wanting to quit every break, yeah, every break. <laughs> not come you, you start not looking at that back. door you start looking at the door be like man or you're sitting there just looking at the clock tick away, counting down the hours until you get to go home. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when you're at home, time is flying. Yeah, there's never it's enough not the time. Same when you're at work. Nah, there yeah, there's ne there's never enough time. And I think we're kind of trained through school. Kind of trains us to be like that, sitting in a place for, you know, eight hours a day. That's what it's yeah, for. Yeah, it's, it's the ultimate really, training exactly, session. That's the training session for that. And so then you get into that, you know, world, the corporate world of it. Um, you know, if, if that's what you is. do, the corporate world. Um, but just, you know, the working world, period, you know, you're interacting. That was, you know, you're interacting with coworkers and the stress that that causes. You know, you have these other relationships. Now, again, best case scenario works out like me and Mino here. You know, that's how we met at the job, mm -hmm. you know, and became friends. But we didn't get along with everybody at the job. Like, that. that's not mm -hmm. always how things go, man. <laughs> that stuff can cause some serious. and Especially in sales. Yes, yes, especially. You got people, you're, trying, you're competing mm -hmm. every day. Oh, you made two sales today? Oh, I got to do three. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a day off of work. Oh, you ready to hit your goal? Oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta hit mine now. Yeah. Hey, you man. Know, like, hey, you I stole was, mine, bro. I talked to them first, mm -hmm. man. That, um, yeah. People are getting fights over accounts. Mm -hmm. In all actuality, I'm sure someone else from a different location has talked to them, too. Exactly. So it really don't matter. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, it brings those things out of us. That's, that's, that's part of the thing, too, what our job and what we do. Um, it can sometimes bring out, the you know, not the best side of us. You know, it can bring out the worst in us, bring out the pettiness in us. And it can bring out a lot of, I know I've had to, you know, I've had to recognize myself now, especially through therapy, how many things I did passive-aggressively. You know, and particularly at work, if I didn't want to be there, if I wasn't really, you know, as you said, like, we don't always view everything as a permanent thing. Sometimes you do view it as like a dead end. I'm just doing this for a temporary amount of time. Um, you know, I'm just kind of passing through. And it's easier to kind of get over those jobs. But what's but what's I discovered, you know, your identity does get kind of wrapped up in the fact that you do have a job even like for real. Like, just having that job, even if you kind of don't really like it, it's not going that well, you get you see your routine, it becomes part of your life, and part of your value as an adult and as a, you know, um, a person, you know, an adult person in this world, you know, is you having a job and having money. And so I remember when I got basically, you know, fired from, you know, a job, I remember I was so devastated, really, even though I knew it was, I was, a, you know, a teller, I was a bank teller. Um, I was in grad school at the time, I was going to be finishing that up. And so I wasn't going to be a bank teller, you know, pretty much after that. I knew I had to move on to something else. But I remember when they let me go, I was still so, like, devastated. Like, I was in my room, just didn't even, like, leave for, like, 24 hours almost. Like, my cousins had to come, you know, who I was living with. They were like, hey, are you okay? And But but I was so hurt, like, because, dang, I was unemployed. I didn't have a job all of a sudden. 
you know. And I didn't realize how much my identity was tied to just, okay, that routine, saying I have a job, having doing the nine to five thing. Um, even if I knew it wasn't what I was ultimately going to be doing, you know. <laughs> um, but it's just, again, it's... It's, it's wild what it does to you. It made me recognize something in myself. Like, okay, I can't attach my value to, you know, a paycheck or just, you know, have an identity as a, um, you know, employed, productive member of society. Good to have a job. Don't get me wrong, people. I'm not advocating, you know, just be out here, especially if you're able to work. Um, if you're able-bodied, yes, you should be productive. But to attach your self-worth, you know, to that, that's very dangerous. And it can happen, you know, kind of easily, actually. It's not. It's not easy to, you know, find a job that you want to do. Mm, Unfortunately, for most that. of us, we do, we work at a job we don't want to be at, and you know we're not as lucky as the five percent of the people that actually get to do what they love. That's it's not even work at that point. That's one of the main you know? questions. You know, they don't tell you this when we're younger, but what's that question they ask you? Are you working? Are you doing what you went to school for? Is it that? Ooh, that question, man. Every kid like and. Yes. Like like you said, always moving the goalposts. Is this good enough? Is this good enough? Yeah. And it's, it's just unfortunate that majority of us, if we had the choice to pick our jobs, mm -hmm. I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> yeah, of course. More things would get done because yeah. people are doing what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you, I, want, I wish I had you know, a nice car. I know how to build one. All right, let me go be a mechanic let me go be an auto body person or something in cars I could create something too I have the opportunity to create something and not just follow a blueprint sheet that says hey do this a 5,000 times for an hour then take a break and then come back and do another 5,000 mm -hmm. you know this you're actually putting your hands in it oh it's going to curve like this because the body needs to bend this way when you work in a car mm. or you want to be an artist go ahead be an artist what kind of artist do you want to be you want to be a sculptor a painter go ahead go paint 8 hours a day paint a meal for the school paint this you know like one and, yeah, and, and unfortunately we, we weren't encouraged to just do what we wanted like in a way we were they kind of told us oh. hey you can you can be anything but in terms of what they you know our parents wanted us to be it wasn't a sculptor it wasn't you know a mechanic <laughs> to, to, even if you're a hands-on person you could really enjoy that but what's seen as success though getting a real job and you know having a real career office jobs even you know that's seen as a status thing i remember thinking that when we were working at the bank because we had to wear you know uh the collar shirts the ties you know um had to you yeah. know slacks with the you know so we were dressed well actually and you know had a little office actually <laughs> and so you had yeah. the appearance of like kind of this corporate kind of look you know you a professional look pay attention to there you. you go exactly we had this professional look to us and that was part of it like having an actual job even if we weren't making as much money you know Oh, just man. that appearance. I used to bump heads with actually. my managers all the time. Yeah. I used to bump heads with managers all the time. But the <laughs> yeah, I know you did, man. It's like, it got to the point where it's like, I was I was so damn good mm -hmm. that I could actually say things. Like, I felt I was actually able to speak up about certain things and voice my opinions. Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy, too, because, it, you know, depending on your job, you know, that's, that is a thing that people are tied to. Because mm -hmm. people look at you for status, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, oh, you meet somebody new? What do you do for work? There you go. Exactly. Oh, it's tied I'm, to I'm your a, identity a, so much. Yeah. Then we say, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a store manager. What about you? Oh, I'm just a cashier. Mm. Now, the store manager is looking like, oh, I can't mess with that person. Technically, I'd be the boss or I make more money than them. They don't, they're, they're not out of my bracket. You know, mm -hmm. I can't speak to them. 
they're only about that 20 grand a year range. Mm-hmm. I need to speak to people around mine of 40, 50. But that's how it is. Yeah. Again, the status you know part I mean? of it. Yeah, link to link to status. Um, you me, know what you me do personally, definitely is linked to your status. Me personally, I don't care. I remember I looked at my manager like, the only thing that's different between me and you right now is the title you hold in this side, inside these four walls. If I see you out there, mm-hmm. it'd be a different story. Mm-hmm. And again, that's you what know, I like, talked about earlier. The stress. That's the stress of the job. Getting along with people, getting that. Um, and especially when you're you know young in the workforce, you know, trying to get respect. People do try to, you know, um, for lack of a better word, play you. And to to figure out how to just navigate that and to have you know solid relationships because rela- life is about relationships and one of the main thing uh, one of the main um, places where people network um, and meet is the job and it is work and it is through coworkers and when you're not having a good experience in that place it's very similar to you know you know back in school like. If, if you didn't get along, you didn't have a lot of friends in high school, middle school, and stuff like that, it, you didn't have as good of an experience. If you did, then, hey, it was a better experience for you. It's the same way, you know, in the real world, in a sense, how you feel about that job even is related to, again, of course, money. Now, yeah, there is the money thing now. You don't want to be getting taken for a ride because if your money's not well, that's one thing, too. If you're not happy with the money you're making, you know, if it's not the ends really aren't meeting from that job, well, then you won't feel good about that job, too. <laughs> You know yeah. that, that 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 will diminish your pleasure at the job. That's that's a fact. No, and I have to say, one of my best managers I've ever had. I'm not gonna lie. We'll just give him the letter B, uh-huh. and you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh-huh. There was that. There's that. It was at the bank. Yeah. GB. Yeah, GB. Yep. It's not even existing. B, anymore. Mr. B. We'll call him Mr. B. <laughs> Mr. B. Mr. B. Was no lie. Probably one of my best managers I've had because he knew how to deal with me. Mm-hmm. On days I wasn't having his stuff, and I'd be talking back and giving him a hard time, he just puts up with it. He lets me, he'll, he'll tell me how it is, and then he'll just let it be. Mm-hmm. And he'll come back, and then, like, the way he just, like, I'd be so mad at him sometimes, but he knew that when I was mad, I would just want to work so I don't have to sit there and talk to him. So mm-hmm. he knew when I was mad, I'd just go out, and I wouldn't come back to the to the uh, branch until I got something, like a sale or something. Mm-hmm. As we as we would call it, hey, just go to the floor. You're on the floor today. You know, you're not gonna be behind the register. Hey, go out there. We don't want to see you till you come back with something. And on certain days, that's the best because you don't want to be around a certain coworker or manager. It's best for you not to be around them that day. And, and to, to have the wisdom it, to recognize those times. Yeah. I think what happened to me was because when I first started there, I did not like it. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, there was times I wanted to call in because I was so nervous that I had to go speak to people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Literally, and that's that, the and, job. And all that yeah. stuff. And I was like, you know, I was like, man, I got to get 14 accounts a month. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to even get one a week. Mm-hmm. And then what happens start, is that, yeah. and then what happens is that my mental health was starting to kick in because I started getting anxiety. Like, so nervous. Like, you know, you ever get that feeling when you're about to give a speech in front of a class? Yes, absolutely. That's how I felt. Every day going to work, mm-hmm. and that's why I didn't want to go. I didn't want to deal with it. And then all of a sudden, one day it just clicked. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got my first account. Cool. Next thing I knew, I got my first. I hit my first goal, mm-hmm. my first time. Oh, next thing I went 150 percent over. Super goal. Cool. I, and then that's when it clicked on me that like, mm-hmm. I can do this. Next thing you know, my confidence started building. Up. Now my men- mindset is changing. My mental health about it, I was getting confident. Mm-hmm. I was getting more bold, more like, man, I could do this. Like, this is me. Now I can be myself. But to get there, I had to go to six months of 
fighting this anxiety and the like anxious feeling every day of going to work. Mm-hmm. But then your mindset switch. And that's what I want to get to right now is, you know, like I said, not all of us are lucky enough to do the things we like to do. Mm. But the other half that does do what they like to do yep. doesn't mean it's all good. Now you comes oh, yeah, problem, absolutely you're not. working too much. Mm-hmm. You're working too much. And now how does that affect your mental health when mm-hmm. you work too much? No. Nah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're mentally exhausted. Things start lacking outside of work because you don't have the energy to deal with it. The, the, you know, you're, even when you're off work, you're still working. You don't have time for other people except work. Especially if, like, people shout out to the, everybody out there on salary. You know, yeah, when it don't stop, when the clock don't stop, for real. Mm. Man, I can't imagine. Doing that. <laughs> I, I remember asking it's, people, do, you, do you work to live or do you live to work? Mm-hmm. What kind of person are you? And again, I think that's where the the thing we talked about a little bit earlier, vocation. You know, some people, it's just a job. It's a temporary thing. Things you're doing in a means to an end. Maybe you just need to do this to get a certain amount of money. We talked about earlier um, uh, the gig economy. You know, if you're just making some money, DoorDash and Uber, getting this, getting that. Well, then you have certain, you know, expectations, um, you know, of what it is. But, you know, if we're really working in something that, you know, we're called to, you know, kind of our vocation, you know, a career path, well, then that's, Again, that has its own um, that has its own issues as well because now you're truly invested. Say you work with it, and I know it's, I know some really cool people that work in social work. You know, shout out! I know some cool sisters, especially in Minnesota. Um, social work is a big thing, and they you know, they have a heart, you know, to help people and you know do right by oh, people man. and things like that. However, you know, it's in, but you're true. They're truly invested in it, um, and so it, that comes with its own you know disappointments as well. Um, when you kind of have to, you know, imagine the relationships that build being. There you go, exactly. Relationships that you build and. Like I have a social worker because I'm a I'm a transplant Mm -hmm. uh, patient Mm -hmm. that I'm waiting on the transplant, so Mm -hmm. and I do dialysis, so I have a a social worker that deals with my case, and to see her tell me, you know, like we we've gotten close. She's been my Mm -hmm. social worker for like two or three years now, so like we know each other, and uh, just to see her dealing with. With me, I can only imagine other patients are going through worse situations than me and how that affects a social worker, like yeah. mentally. Like it's a depressing job because you're hearing when so you many know, sad when you stories. know that person isn't gonna make it, well, you can see. You know, yeah. when you, and you have you to see, help them do all this paperwork and having to ask them these questions. I remember the first time I got a pack talking about a living will. I need to I need to start considering writing a will. Mm. And the question is what's asking me. Like I remember looking at this piece of paper and breaking down the grind thinking it's like you know if you're no longer whatever I forgot what it says but it's pretty much saying if you're no longer here who would you like to have your belongings wow and I saw that question it just hit me bro like that's a that's a hell of a yeah, question like, to ask somebody that's that's some finality for you that's yeah, sober I'm like yo this and I felt like if I answer that and I'm putting nails in my own coffin you know like mm. and I, 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 I just couldn't do it Mm. I was like, I'll wait on this. Wait, I'm gonna wait till it was actually the, Man. the doctor saying, "Hey, you got five minutes." And I could <laughs> give it all to my mom. That's deep. <laughs> Boom, <done>. That's deep. <laughs> yeah, give it all to my mom. Yeah, my mom. Yeah, but wow. That. But to your point, being confronted with questions. Um, I spoke. You know, obviously this this podcast is kind of built off. Um, I started kind of my journey in therapy, and one of the things that before I started therapy was asking a questionnaire. They give you like this long actual all these questions and yo just the process of being asked some questions 
<laughs> okay? That thing can be therapeutic, traumatic, whatever it is. It can really confront you in a way. And so that's why, again, humble dialogue. Sure. Yeah, humble you. Yes, absolutely. Sober you up. You know, when you're asking these real things, um, it'll start to get you to really think about, you know, what you're really truly ready for and where you really are. And those are things that we try not to confront. You know, that, that's a vulnerable you know, part of us. And the flip side of that type of situation is that imagine being like a billionaire and then you put a will out there and someone finds out saying like if he dies, 70% goes to this person and that person is, has to be in scrap and you need money. Things can happen. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man, I that's, dude, there's so bank. many movies so about that shady. and dramas. Yeah, man. And I thought that was just in movies, bro. When I was at the bank, mm -hmm. if someone passed away on an account or anything like that, and all of a sudden you get the family members coming in, <laughs> lying, saying that I need to withdraw the money. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden they can't because their name's not on They get upset with you because mm -hmm. it's supposed to be someone else. And family fighting over money, mm -hmm. like. Yo, it's crazy what people try to do to get the money. Yep, and and keep in mind, people, we were not at some fortune, um, like some major bank or whatever, with millions of dollars in accounts. No, okay. <laughs> this is a small bank. Yeah, this, this is, is like a small bank, bank. Small money in there, okay. But it don't matter. Again, everything is funny, but the money. Three hundred dollars in that account is like no, Bruh. it's supposed to be mine. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I'm the, the daughter. Thing. I need the money. Yes, the petty. Then the brother thing. comes in two hours later. I need the money because she's not supposed to have the money. I'm like, oh man, mm -hmm. y'all gotta figure this out. And that's why <laughs> we had a will. <laughs> Fortunately, that solved that problem. But just like me, you know, they they started asking them questions, and they was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, but, <laughs> but no, real talk though. Um, one of the things, um, you know, we talk about. You know, you you spoke about it. You know earlier, how many hours, like ninety thousand hours, that we spend, sure. you know, at work. You know, for you know, employed full time. You know, during working age years, you know, they say it become ten thousand hours is for you to become an expert at something. You know, putting your ten thousand hours in to become, you know, a master, or expert in whatever it is, whatever craft you want to learn an instrument. You know, whatever you're doing. So like, you imagine, hey man, we do that actually nine times more if we're just working whatever so we become an expert in something that's you know, the truth we oh you this life you keep on going you keep, you become an expert in something even if it's just being middle of the road mediocre if it's just getting up going and getting you know, in a routine crazy. whatever it is oh you're gonna get trained <laughs> you know when you look at it it's just crazy to think you know if you love doing something so much you become an expert automatically because you spend you know you're spending that time that mm -hmm. effort the hours and everything to learn what it is you want to learn if you want to be a, like a recording artist take the time to learn the software the program how it works and then within the program you learn of each you know little thing in there you have to learn it and it's you don't care because you like you, this is what you love to do mm -hmm. it's it's fun for you you know but then if you look other things like oh you need to be uh, certified to do this so you want me to go spend over a hundred thousand dollars for someone I don't know to give me a piece of paper saying yes you can do this you know what I mean yeah I mean basically that's I what mean, they want some of it and, and it's bigger again we're a little bit older you know what I'm saying we're you know for real millennials and so we were sold the college thing going to college going to school like again I didn't have them options you know my mom was in the academic world she was going to school as well and so that's what we were sold. That's how we were going to be successful. You go to school, and then you can go get a good job, get a career, you know, such and such. And then for those that I know, 
you know, I'm not going to say specifically your, for your situation, especially if they were from like an immigrant family, if they were from, you know, you know, Africa or Asia, or the ones I met, yo, they had for real parameters around what they were going to be studying too. It was not just, you know, even when I went to the, you know, college in the Caribbean, all them, you know, people from the Bahamas, Jamaica, Trinidad. No, it wasn't just you're going to be studying what you love. It was very practical about what you, you know, the, the road to success through school. Even that was narrowed, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, people. If you go to school, college, do it. As long as you're doing it for you and it's something you love and you really want to learn, by all means, do it. I'm just saying for the people that feel like this is what they have to do. Mm -hmm. I, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Follow your passion. Follow your heart. Do what you love to do. That's, oh, work, that's work, so work. easy nope. to say. It is so easy to say, but you got to work hard to make it easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But there again, our pressures, like I said, in my family, like, like it wasn't even a question, like not going to school. I entertained the military briefly. Like I thought, okay, I could be a pretty good soldier, actually. And no, got no support. Because they were like literally the path to success. And again, I basically grew up on campus, the University of Minnesota. You know, the campus itself in the Twin Cities, the St. Paul campus is literally where I grew up. And so I saw it every day. You know, I saw like that that path of, you know, of success or what was in my face every day was school. You know, now fast forward, again, these younger guys, my, my little brother, Maurice, he's nine years younger than me. Not necessarily. School isn't necessarily the priority. That's not, um, it's not everything is cracked up to be, <laughs> you know, like it was to us. And I think, you know, the younger kids are smarter. They can see, you know, the business part of it and starting to see the, the, the effects of debt, the effects of those stresses once you buy into that machine. And, buy, and then, again, school trains you. BS. Yeah, yeah, it trains you for the workforce, the employment, and getting to that rat race. Um, who was it? Uh, who told me that? Maybe it was my dad. It was like, if you volunteer to get in the rat race, you know, it makes you a rat. Even if you win the, no, sorry, yeah. Even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, dang, man. Maybe my, my dad or my therapist, somebody said that to me recently and gave me some cause to pause. Because technically, I guess I am working in my field, you know, what I went to school for in project management. But I've had to kind of reevaluate specifically doing with this podcast in the media space. And, you know, how can I mesh that with maybe my passions more as opposed to what's practical or what's popping right now, which is the IT world. And, you know, again, talked about how, you know, the pandemic has changed things, more remote, you know, working. You know, now, you know, IT and infrastructure and telecommunications, these are essential services. There's more money pumped into that infrastructure. And, you know, this is a time when, to kind of ride the wave of that, you know, so to speak. But, you know, I got, I'm also paying attention to, okay, what am I actually, you know, passionate about? What am I good at? What am I trained in? And um, so, again, it's, it's, I've been thinking, like, in addition to all the other things that, of course, this pandemic has done and um, just living life and seeking some therapy and reevaluating my life, you know, while getting that therapy, one of the things that's come into light is, what am I doing eight hours a day, spending my day? What do I really feel about that? You know, and what is that doing to my mental health? You know, you, is it an achieving place? If you're at a place that, you know, um, is about high achievement and encouraging you, you know, does that transfer in your other, you know, in the rest of your life? But if you're in a place that kind of depresses you and bogs you down and doesn't make you feel adequate, you know, to kind of leave and just escape that and leave that behind, 
you know, that can have a, uh, that's hard to just leave that behind. That could stay with you and have a negative effect on you. So I've been trying to think about, hey, what's my job? What's my nine to five doing to me? What's it doing to my energy? What's it telling me my value is or, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's another thing too, man. Like, people don't realize that even till this day, even though it's a, a little more out there and people are more aware of the mental health issues in the workplace, mm-hmm. People still have this stigma. They're at work where they don't want to bring it up. Yeah, they say they have personal and mental health days. Even you know that's more common language. But how many people are truly taking them and doing it for the right reasons? Yeah. Obviously. And I understand. You know what? For something that's good. There's always people that abuse the good, right? Mm-hmm. Some people lie about anxiety because it's such an easy thing to say. Hey, I have an anxiety. I need a break. Mm-hmm. You know. But for people to actually go through it. It's like a slap in the face. Yeah. And then it gives them a bad image because it's like, oh, you're just lying. Stop thinking too much. Just mm-hmm. get back out there and work. You'll yeah. be all right. Stop thinking. Stop stressing. You, mm-hmm. you worry too much. La, la, da. It's like, no, you don't get it. Like, I don't want to worry. Mm-hmm. But my mind is racing at a point where I can't do anything. And next thing you know, I'm just lost in my thoughts. And it's it's just a cycle. It just continues. And then it's unfortunate for the people to actually deal with it because... If you want to know someone's going through mental health, look at your employees when you're at work, who usually calls in every so often, who's usually always, when you see them, it's like, hey, you okay? When you know they're not, but they say, oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And then they put on a fake smile and go about their day. Mm-hmm. You know, Those are the ones that are dealing with something, but they, don't, you're, not, you're not their friend, they're your co-worker. Because that's what mm. it is. You know, at work. Yeah, co-worker. boundaries. Again, those work boundaries and those that's relationships. Right. and Yeah. Oh, you know Mino? Oh, yeah, I know Mino. Oh, I don't even know work Mino. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know Mino outside of work. I just know work Mino. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just hard to tell sometimes, you know, because people that go through it, like myself included, I get so good at faking it. Again, get How in the doing? routine. Oh, I'm good. Yep. Yeah. Automatically, oh, I'm good. I'm all right. Yeah, you know, just chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier that day, maybe I had an anxiety panic attack. I was bawling my eyes out on the car before I walked into work. Before I walk in, I got to stop. Man, like, all right, relax. Walking, my body feels like it's shaking as I'm walking into work. I say, oh, see the boss up, guys, straighten up. So, hey, how you doing? Good. Good afternoon. Like, okay, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And the moment I get that moment by myself on our sales floor, <sighs> exhale. Yeah. Deep breaths. Exhale. Go in the bathroom. Wash my face. Take deep breaths. Come back out. Hey, yo, it's all good. Like, oh, I can only fake it for so long. I go back out. Like, you all right? Why are you having another cigarette break at this time? Yeah. So I need to calm my nerves. Da, da, da. It just becomes routine. That's the next thing you know, I'm having two, three, four, five, six cigarettes a day at work. Mm-hmm. You know, it builds and it builds. Sales. You can no time to slow down, man. Mm-hmm. While I'm not getting working or getting sales, someone else is. And now then they're going to automatically compare to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. You only got two accounts this week. Oh, in the competition Joe, part of it, how that yeah. feeds into that exactly. Joe already it. got five. Oh, what you going to do? Yep. What you going to do? No, it perverts kind of a good thing, you know, which is to, you know, make profits, get sales, help people or whatever. That's what it's disguised as because that's the thing, too. Um, it beca- it, It's one thing, again, if you believe in what you're doing, if it's your vocation, it's your life's work. I think of medical workers as well, just, you know, period medical workers. We're just coming, of course, we talked about, um, you know, the pandemic and you know how many you know nurses and doctors and people who are really working just overtime upon overtime to really help out and 
you know, but again, that's those people's life, you know. You know how long you got to be in medical school, bro? You got to love that to go through all of that, yeah, man, yeah, for yeah. real. You, you got to really want to Yeah, that's, you, that's you've dedicated your life, your youth to that thing, you know, to be a doctor. And so, it's crazy, too, you know, um, and just for that, because I do see a lot of medical uh, employees mm-hmm. of all sorts. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you Shout to all people y'all. in yes. the medical field. Miracle know, workers, lifesavers. Yeah, from people even in the EMT, to emergency RNs. Mm-hmm. Nurses, doctors, physicians, mm-hmm. all of you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for doing your job. Yeah, all the way down to, again, the nurses, assistants, everybody that's involved in that because, um, you know, it's all hands on deck. You know, those are the people that are really out here saving lives, you know, um, you know, really working miracles out here, doing the Lord's work, as they say. So, um, so again, it's easy for those people, you know, those high-stress environments. Hey, man, that, that can trigger off those certain things. But... It's even, you know, what's even worse is when you feel like you have to do something. It's not even what you really want to be doing, you know, um, because because sometimes it really is just about the money. Sometimes people need money. There's people that have children out here, man, that need to eat. So let me tell let's say that before we go any further. Hey, man, that's all a great thing if you want to do what you want to do in life. But if you have out here made certain commitments, if you're out here, make, you know, have children, you've got a wife, you've got kids, you got that need to eat. Hey. There is a place to set that stuff to the side and do what you got to do, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, it's a bad. Do some hard labor. Do what you got to do. That's what we're built to do at the end of the day. If it comes down to it, we always handle our business. But we're talking about more being first world problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are truly talking about a lot of first world problems. If you haven't put yourself in those predicaments, it really is, um, you know, about you figuring out what you want to do that, again, both makes you happy but fits the lifestyle that you committed yourself to. Because it's not cool to run up debts that you can't pay. It's not cool to, you know, make promises you can't keep. Live, like, try to live a lifestyle, try to fake it till you make it, all that type of stuff. Like, and you know, that does have its consequences. Yeah, when you do that, then you put yourself in, in that trick bag, as they say, and end up having to do something maybe you don't want to do for the money. And even on that, you know, if you're racking up debts and stuff, like you said, like things you can't pay, that affects other people's job, too. Because now you got someone else stressing out their job. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all yeah. in this together. You know what? Man. That's it's the good. All that, that is true. It's hey, it's a big, it's a big, you know, branch. It's a big I bring trip. my car to mechanic. Mechanic says the bill is five thousand dollars. I ain't got five thousand. I'm not gonna pay it. But you fixed my car. I'm taking my car back. Uh, no, you not because my mechanic put in over ten hours of work on you. He's getting paid. Mm-hmm. He don't get paid. He can't pay his daughter's medical bills who just got braces. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff. It just trickles down. It's not just you, man. Yeah. Like, we all in this together. It sucks, but that's how it is. Mm-hmm. You know? You could be selfish. There's a time to be selfish, but there's a time where you just got to really think, like, yo, mm-hmm. let me take care of my essentials. Mm-hmm. Let me take care of my basic needs. Mm-hmm. Then I'll worry about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, do the things that you need to do first. There you and go. Don't worry about what you want to do. And again, and, there, and there's a wisdom, there's some philosophy to that, and that's what kind of keeps you know keeps us going. Sometimes is through crappy situations, dead end jobs, bad situations, whatever it is, doing what you got to do until you, until you can get to so you can do what you want to do. You know, there there I'm, is, there, is there is there's wisdom to that. Hey, we've seen it. We talked about. It. We've both been in sports, bro. Practice sucks. Weightlifting sucks. You know, training sucks. Whatever. Doing what you got to do. So that you can go out there on the field and actually perform and do what you want to do, which is look good out there and win. So there, that that's just life, man. <laughs> you got to plant. You got to get that. You know, you got to plant before you can harvest. Um, but to but but that's the healthy way to look at it. 
you know, some people don't look at, you know, work, you know, a job, whatever they're doing as, you know, something that they want to even do their best at. It's just something maybe, you know, some people got to do a job to just do, to have a, to, I guess we want to say for a look, you know, so somebody will get off their back. Okay, fine, I'll get a job. And then, but come late every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fine, all right, mom, I'll go get a job. But then do a crappy job, you know, to be a male person and throw the mail away. Shame on people like that. <laughs> Don't throw people mail away. <laughs> all of that just comes down to the fact that at the end of the day, it just comes down to you. It's all about you, really. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you can't. Does your job bring you your true self out of you sometimes, even if you're fake? Do you enjoy it, whether you like it or not? Are you still able to be yourself? Can you be yourself? Say like, all right, I gotta swallow my pride on this one because I need, I gotta pay my rent. You know what? With that money, you know, all that stuff. To to your point, if again, like your job ain't gonna save you too. Your character, you know, you bring that wherever you're at. If you're a hardworking yeah. person, you're it's a hardworking you. person. Exactly. If you trifling, you trifling. You know, and that's just you. <laughs> and that's just and you. Know, like, yeah, the job it'll expose who you really are cause, too. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like you know, it, it is on you. Like, and that's that's your mental health. If you know you got something wrong with you, speak up. Go find the help that you need. Mm -hmm. Take care of you. Then everything else will take care of itself. You'll find that when you have a better mindset, work it will just look like work mm -hmm. because then you realize that oh, I get my eight hours in. I can still go hang out. I can still go see my friends, my family. I still got time to do things. And I'm, on top of that, I'm getting paid. Mm -hmm. And this is the positive way to look at things. It's going to suck because you're not going to get to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. but maybe down the line, when you put in the extra work, because you have a different mindset now, and you realize that, okay, my anxiety was holding me back, but no more. I'm actually going to start doing baby steps. You know, like, mm -hmm. work up to that. You know, and mm -hmm. that's the positive side to look at it when some people, they got to do what they want to do because they put in the work. Mm -hmm. People became a, you know... A famous musician because they put in that work. Not everyone in the music industry put in that work, mm -hmm. but for, you know who they are. When they made it, they put in the work, the hours and everything, the grind, and they finally got to do what they love, and that becomes a, their career. It's not a job. It's a career, mm -hmm. and there's a big difference between the two. Yeah, and, but here's, a, here's the uh, one part of, I think, one part of the equation I don't think people talk about enough, but it's what is like, the work's responsibility to you or your job's responsibility to you as well, you know, because that's the worst when your your employer lets you down, you know. Maybe we should have talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think that happens so much, like, when the job, the career, the whatever Empty it is. Promises. Well, yeah, the promise that it had, it doesn't, it doesn't deliver on that, you know. Like, yeah, you know, what do we do? extra work. And it don't pay off, you yeah, know, dealing with that. Disappointment. Mm-hmm. Dealing with that. that. Lack, and then... And broken trust too. It's like, man, you told me I, if I put in this extra hours here and there mm -hmm. and go with the results that you wanted, and I did that and exceeded it, and now you're gonna hand up my position, my promotion to someone else. Ooh, oh, that makes me want to quit on the spot. Yes, absolutely. That's happening to quit many on the spot. people, and especially in a in a merit based type of thing, in like a sales capacity, whatever. When there's numbers, some type of metrics, you know, there's years that you put in because that's investments too. And we talk about this stuff again. I you brought it up. I'm so glad at the beginning. You know, ninety thousand plus hours that we're investing. You know, being at places again, and this is the. Again, wow, I can't believe we didn't speak on this, but how how it has changed the nature of it, where we're not just at one place, you know, forever and ever like that. We're not, you know, grounded yeah, that security. It's hard to find somebody and be like, yo, I've been here for 50 years. Yeah, no, that's not how the game works no more, man. Like I Five years max on average. Seriously, 
will change the job so much. So the, the job doesn't even provide you that sense of security, that sense of belonging that, you know, I think it, you know, it once did. You know? Maybe because companies just can't afford to be as loyal to the employees hey, as man, they used to be. Pensions are expensive now. There's there's something to that. Yeah. Now, this isn't an economic, economist show or anything things like that. But um, there there is some wisdom to that. You know, you, you make these great promises to people to pay them, you know, until, you know, they're gone. However, people are living longer, you know, as a, this is, you know, good problems, first world problems to have. Um, as people mm -hmm. start to live longer, hey. Can you imagine the older generation that relied on Social Security? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we, we ain't going to have that. We got mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We got to get it how we live. We already know now. They ain't even lying yeah. to us about it no more, I don't think. Yeah, it's, it's man, it's, it's crazy, man. Even, like, in the professional world, like, a big change that happened to me is, you know, when you go from making a decent amount of money a year and because of medical issues and everything like that to know that, dang, all that is gone and I moved down to making 1500 a month. Mm. That's tough to swallow. Something On average, people make that in the first check. Mm -hmm. And you and were used to, you were like one it. of them people. It's different if you yeah. never had it. And that's part of the thing, too. You know, what happens when you come, mm -hmm. you know, we all take L's in life. Again, as we, we spoke then, about that, lessons, you know. Uh, we, and then dealing with the fact that, you know, like you said, we're tied to our job titles. I don't have none no more. Mm. I'm on disability. When they ask me, it's like, oh, I'm disability. Mm -hmm. Again, what, what's, the, what you spoke, what's the correct, the politically, I'm in between jobs, you know, right now. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what we're supposed I to say. I, but we can't. I can't even say that. <laughs> you you got to keep I it real. There you go, that. Mino. Because you, yeah. you keep it real, Mino, at all times. You can't help it. So you can't and even. It's like, you know. man. And it's like, me personally, I don't care what, if someone knows what I do for work. I, if I was a cashier at Cuff Foods, I'd be like, I'm a cashier at Cuff Foods. At least I got a job. Mm -hmm. You know, but I can't even say that because now it's like, I can't do a lot of the things I want to do right now. Mm -hmm. So it's like my mindset, man, it took three, four years to get used to the fact like this has to be my life right now. Mm hmm Everything I love to do and love being outside, I love going to the gym and getting to work out with my friends and all this and that. Mm -hmm. I can't do that no more. Mm -hmm. I have to get to at least do home workouts for a half hour as much as my body can take. Mm -hmm. And that's using no weights. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's just doing it's what depressing. you can doing what you can do. Exactly. But but as you yeah. said, because but is because you've tasted the other side of it, you know something else. You know. And knowing there's so much more, especially knowing that you, I made that money. Mm -hmm. I, I was living that life, mm -hmm. that nice, comfortable life, just happy doing what I wanted to do. Money wasn't an issue, and now I'm just mm -hmm. I'm begging the government to give me a little more mm -hmm. because what y'all give me a month, that's just bills. Yeah. No. Realistically, that's just bills. And to go, again, let's keep it a thousand. Like, what are we really talking about? To go from being in a position to help others to needing help. The, the the you know um, the mental stresses of that and dealing with that emotionally and really handling that and soaking that in because again we can't tell we're both mama's boys you feel me like I just throw my pride away you know like and so when you go from again being in a position hey I got this you know helping others thinking about other people saving things for others so all of a sudden dang to actually be to go to the other extreme, you know, to the not extreme, but the opposite of that, into actually needing help. Um, and how do you really deal deal with that? Because again, it's not a permanent situation. It's the story you're telling yourself. You know, it's something you're going through right now. But how do you go through it with dignity? 
you know, while treating other people right, while not lashing out, while. Um, oh, it's hard, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, speak on. I it. see people all the time be like, it's like, oh man. My leg hurts. I don't want to. I don't want to go do it. But I don't, man, at least you got the option. Do go do it. Go do it. You know, like, oh, I'm, I'm having a bad day because my friend texted me saying she didn't like my clothing. Like, you for real? Like, I, people, I hear people <laughs> complain all the time about the most ridiculous things, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, if I could go do the things that y'all are complaining about, y'all don't want to go do. Mm-hmm. Perspective, perspective, and it's so important to have perspective. You know, keeps you humble. It's just messed up because, and a lot of people want to say, "Let's actually going through it." Like, man, like I like to be outside. I like to be and out, you mm-hmm. know, just out with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And the past three months, past three years, I just spend time by myself and like three people. Same three, three, four, five people. Mm-hmm. And even then, I don't see them a lot, you know. And it's like, it sucks because when you go through it, medical issues, all and all that, and the mental health, it's it's, lo- it's a lonely road, man. And you just gotta really get, you really gotta spend that time with yourself too. Mm-hmm. You gotta really, you gotta reach out yourself. and spend time with yourself yeah. at the same time. It's like offense and defense, because you gotta progress, but at the same time, you know, guard against, you know, retreating too far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of my biggest fears was dying through yeah, all this, I think that's, and it's like that's a normal. It's a normal. It's a normal fear, and then you know you can tell yourself, you know, everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Like literally, everyone really. I'm. That's the die. only guarantee we die. got <laughs> in this life is that, that will it, it will end. That's the only guarantee. So like I had to get it through my head, you know, like, and I tell myself every day, I might die today, I might die today. But then again, that's the same case for everybody. Healthy mm-hmm. or not, Facts. you don't know what's gonna happen when you leave outside the door of your house, you know. And I just told myself to the point where, I was like, okay, I had to tell myself every day that I was gonna die to get to the point where I didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And that took me four years. Yeah, that's, that that stick didn't hurt anymore. As they say, you hit with yeah. that stick, and then it's, you went numb to that one. Well, yeah. And then it was like, I'm like, okay, I'm still here. I told myself I was gonna die for the past three years, and I didn't. Came close a couple of times, hmm. but I looked at those couple of times that I was close calls. I wasn't doing what I needed to do to be in my best shape mm. while I'm in this position. Ah. So now that I've taken those steps and corrected it and changed my mindset and stopped being so negative and feeling sorry for myself, I had to be like, yo, man, this is the hand you was dealt, all right? You lost a couple cards. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It's done. But you still have some. You still have your life. You still got your family. You still got your health or what's You're left. still in the game, baby. And you know, and if it's not a terminal illness, mm-hmm. don't complain, because there's people younger than you, older than you, in worse situations than you, and they're not complaining. Yeah. Why are you complaining? Mm-hmm. You know. And I had to really yell at myself and be like, "Yo, man, stop being a B. Mm-hmm. Stop being a Mitch." Mm-hmm. You know, like it sucks. Yes, but I could be depressed about it and just be sorry for myself. And if I die. Mm-hmm. That's what my fans gonna remember me is me pounding around for the past month or so. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, I was like, I can't do that to, you know, my moms, my family. Like, you know, I gotta fight. I gotta, I gotta show them that they didn't raise a loser. Yeah, handle you know? handle this pain with dignity. Just do this, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, and I was like, man, I see my cousin, my mom. They've been through pain. My maybe not on this level, but they just deal with it and go with it. It's like, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm still here. You're made from that same stuff. You're made from some good stuff, man. 
And then for people that are dealing with medical issues and even when it's straining on your mental health, I know. Just know that, hey, sometimes you got to give yourself that tough love. Just tell yourself, man, self-affirmation really helps. Like, mm. like, you know, I got this. You can do this. There's other people in worse situations. They're ruined for you, too, because they would give anything to be in your shoes. Man, there's a people. There's I just, I'm just saying like this. There's some people in the country that I know that would really love to be <laughs> in as peaceable of a situation to make these decisions and not have to flee for their life. You feel what I'm saying? Like, there's some people in this world whose life is in danger. They're fleeing for it as we speak. And for, us of the, and for those of us who are free and have the freedom to be able to make decisions on to what's best for us, you know, I think um, we all need to take a little bit of time and appreciate that. <laughs> that we can make some choices out here, actually. We ain't get, we, you know, we're sitting here listening to them. If you're listening to this, you're listening to a podcast, in peace, you're not running for your life. You know, fleeing your country right now, and then worrying about everything else later, figuring out what this is about to do to your mental health, and if so, yeah, that's it. And again, we're not one of the, we're not one of them. Hey, beat you up. Hey, somebody's got it worse than you. Show no, that's not that. But hey, man, we we're not deaf, dumb, and blind to the world that we're living in and the situations that we're actively seeing going on out here. And I think that should be an encouragement to all of us to not only count our blessings but take advantage of them. I right, take advantage of that that freedom to choose to do better. And one thing that I will say is beneficial about um, you know, the working world, doing different jobs, all of that stuff, man, is you get exposed to different things and you get exposed to um different people, different situations and gives you perspective. And one of the best jobs I ever had was at the end of college. Um I started working as like a um like a PCA like personal care assistant to people with disabilities, like um, uh, like spinal cord injuries, so they were in wheelchairs, um, but like you know cerebral palsy, um, you know things like that. So you know having to you know feed them and stuff like that, prepare meals for them. It was like a you know apartment building, um, but we kind of had a schedule of cares that we did for them. Um, but that gave me so much perspective. I was like you know 20, 20 years old, and all of a sudden. It was very easy for me not to complain anymore because I could go to the bathroom by myself. I saw I go to job literally and my job is, you know, this dude is, you know, he's beefing me because if he could, he would do what he was asking me to do, but he can't. You know? And this is how he's lived inside his pride. Yeah. Again, seriously, you're seeing people humble themselves, being very vulnerable to you, you know, some of the most intimate things Mm -hmm. you got to do. You know, to take care of them, and they really do it. If they could do it themselves, they would. And they need you. You feel me? And so that that humbled you. That gave me a lot of perspective in life. That gave me a lot of you know reasons not to complain, not to want to be want to trade places or my life with anybody, um, because I have the free you know that much freedom. You know. And I just want to say, man, like people go through. A lot every day, man. It doesn't matter who you are, rich, poor. A struggle is a struggle. Mm-hmm. You might not know the same struggle, but it's still a struggle to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and it just goes to show that, you know, when you go through mental health a lot, your family is always going to be there, or at least they should be there. You know, if you don't have, actually, they don't got to be blood to be your family. It could be your closest friends you see every day. You know, it's that support that you need to help you get through these things, and you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. 
the actual battle within yourself, your mental fights, yes, you got to go through that alone. You have to. There's no other way. Mm -hmm. But right on the other side, it's going to be reaching hands of people you love. Being like, Come on, we're right here. Just, just get halfway. We'll meet you halfway, you know? Do a little bit and do it all for yourself. For sure. That's how it should always be. No, for sure, man. Hey, so, hey, man, thanks for uh, joining us for another episode of the Consider Your Mind podcast. Um, we hope you got something out of it. Um, and as always, we want to be encouraging to you because um, we're living this. This is real life, and we're living it with you, and we're going through things. Always remember, people, this is this uh, this too shall pass. Uh, we're going through it. There is another side to this. Um, make sure that's the, the narrative you're telling yourself. So um, until next yep. time. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about family conflicts. Oh, man. That yeah, should see, be a good one. Yeah. I'm sure we got some stories to tell y'all. See, man, exactly. We were talking about coworkers and jobs. That's light work compared to the in-house. Yeah. <laughs> family is fun stuff. Ooh. Right? Fam everyone got the crazy uncle. Everyone got the funny aunt. Oh, it's going to be some fun times. I mean, mm -hmm. we want to hear it. In case y'all listen to this, if y'all want... Leave your stories about your fan. What are some quirky things that go on? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. Family tradition, anything? Let us know. Yeah, yeah, man. You yeah. find us on the Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, all that. Just leave us, leave us a message and let us know. Yeah, man. Cause at Consider Your Mind everywhere. Consider Your Mind, um, you know, on all platforms. Hit us up on Facebook, Consider Your Mind podcast, on Instagram, Consider Your Mind. Yeah, hit us up, man. We about to tell some uh, funny stories about family, um, the stresses of family, but also the opposite, the relief and the joys of family as well, man. It's all part of it. This life is about relationship. And we appreciate y'all for uh, tuning in for another week. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we gone. See you. Peace.